1: Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, and subscribe to the John Conn Report, wherever you get your podcasts. If you're watching on YouTube, like button, subscribe button, you know the deal. You can find us there as part of Empire Media. That's A M P I R E. And while there, check out Between the Hashes, Empire Media's college football show hosted by my son Matthew, setting you up for all the big college football games of the weekend. Good information. It'll help make you look smarter. Anyway, today is Friday, so I'm going to give you the keys and my prediction to the Commanders Packers game. For Sunday. Before I get there, a couple couple news and notes. So let's start with. I told you, I would told you I would check out some of the hot route situations on the blitzes and going back to that first third down blitz by Chicago where they ran a, an all-out zero cover zero blitz um call. So on that one, there was the, the receivers did not adjust. And it looks like it should be an easy adjustment. The middle of the field is wide open. You make an adjustment. It could be a huge play if you just send McLaurin on a slant on that one. They didn't carry the route out, Wentz gets sacked. What happens? Well, the Bears, give the Bears credit. On a short week, they ran some of them that they had not run all season. That was the step number one. So they weren't ready for to use their hot calls in that situation because the Bears hadn't shown it. So they, they weren't ready for that. So you can blame whatever you want, short week. I give the Bears a lot of credit for running, for breaking a tendency on a short week and it worked. They do have the ability to run those, to run a hot rod in those situations. So my guess is in the future, you have something called off that. So if you start to see it, you make an adjustment. Um, but they, but that is available to them. I also think, and I had one person tell me that, uh, this is one area where Taylor Heineke can help them. He has a deeper familiarity with this offense. He's been in it longer. So in that situation last week, the feeling was perhaps if he had been out there, he had, may have signaled something to McLaurin Just like basically, in other words, saying, I know we didn't work on this during the week, but let's do this right now. That's where the familiarity comes. You see that a lot with quarterbacks, you know, with Mahomes and Kelsey. You know, those are two elite guys, but they also have a lot of experience together. And so I think that's where that that can help you. That Wentz does not have that with these receivers and this offense. And it's something but they do have it built in. So I just wanted to pass that along. Number two on Sam Cosby. Cosme still has that club on his left hand. Don't know, you know. Don't know if a play on Sunday night as I tape this. We don't know the injury report yet. What I do know is there's a lot of talk about him going to guard. The ideal time to move, make that move, is in the offseason. Give the guy a full offseason to get comfortable in there, etc. However, it is something that they would consider doing during the season, if, if, if that club wasn't on his left hand. I think because the way you have to punch as a, when you're inside like that and you're going to have to reach over help the center on some stuff that if you're not comfortable if your hand is bothering you it's going to be an issue so you don't want to put him in that situation but I do think his future probably is at right guard at some point when that is I don't know um it you know I think it's also if Sadiq Charles were playing better it wouldn't be an issue but there's there's too much inconsistencies at that spot and I you know when when you look at a line the three the top three positions on the line for a lot of coaches will be left tackle, center, right guard. Right guard matching up against three tech a lot. So that's where you know that's why I think I could see him eventually moving down there. When that happens, I don't know. Finally, on William Jackson, III, the third, the cornerback, the trade deadline is November 1st. Yes, he's on the trading block. We know that. Um, what they'll be able to get for him, I think I told you last time talking to somebody outside the organization, probably a sixth or a seventh. I think that is the expectation inside as well. I do think some teams will be reluctant to give up much much of anything for him just because I think the feeling is that they they feel like Washington would end up having to part ways with him regardless. Um, I don't know if that that would be the case. IR is an absolute, absolute, absolute um, option here, and you could keep him around, and in case you need him later in the year, I don't think he'll be starting again. I do think the secondary has been improved by having St. Juice at corner and Rashad Wild Goose in the slot. There was a play against the Bears where kind of his – kind of to me symbolizes some of that not that wild goose is perfect but i think he's done i think he has steadily progressed in that role i think he feels more confident playing and you can see that And you see that in the communication there was one time where in the motion against the bears go motion receiver goes from left to right into a bunch and you see wild goose go with the motion the motion sets up outside well in this look it triggers something and he tells he gets st juice to go cover the outside guy his motion guy and then wild goose takes the point point and they play it very well. So I think there's that communication helps, and I think that's where Jackson really struggled. So there you go. Let's get to the keys and prediction of the game. Number one key, play well in the red zone. You got to play well in the red zone. Green Bay, they know that Green Bay is going to give up some yards on defense, but where they tighten up is in the red zone. They rank eighth. They're tied for eighth, including with Washington, in the red zone defense. So they know they're going to have chances, but the Packers do a good job of playing like almost like an umbrella look back there in, in the red zone, nothing fancy, but they create tight window throwing lanes. And I think with this offensive line against that pass rush, I think you can, you can those tight throwing lanes could result in some big plays the other way if you're not careful. So I think that's where you have to play well. And be careful down there because, again, with that pass rush, with this line, with the way he's blocking um, and throwing in tight windows, it can be a difficult – it can be a bad combination for a team. But I also look at that because when you look at what Washington didn't do last year up there in the red zone, it was not play well. They actually moved the ball very well in that game in, at Lambeau, 24-10 to 10 loss, but they moved the ball well. It was the red zone where they struggled. And then one of the times it was Heineke diving, which by common sense should have been a touchdown. By rule it was not. And then they failed on the fourth down. And then there was another fourth down where they failed where Ricky Seals-Jones um, has his guy? I think he had to run the route just a little bit better um, to, to and kind of keep coming up, but the play was there, and you know, and a fail. And and I know that Washington felt like he definitely was held, or at least had, there was pass interference, wasn't called. Um, so you, but that's another failed opportunity. And then there were a couple other blown chances in that game where there was a fourth down. I think it was from like the twenty-seven where they had to throw to McLaurin, and it was an out. But McLaurin beats the guy off the ball. He beat him badly. And it's a fade for a touchdown. Boom. There you go. But that was not the call on the play. The play was a slant, go, comeback. And on that play, you know, now they know that all McLaurin would do is throw up the hand. Just keep going. I'm, I'm going to keep going. But then he had to, that was not the option. So he had to run the route. The defensive back, who was beaten, actually ends up in great position because he had been beaten, but they didn't have the option to do that. Now they do. So anyway, another missed opportunity though. And, you know, you can't have those against a good team like that. So play well in the red zone.
0: Your kicker's lining up for an onside kick, and the chances of regaining possession are slim. Stakes are high. Tension is higher. Your pulse, racing. He kicks, and you watch the ball land. Make every play feel this exciting with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL and their unbeatable offers. Right now, new customers can make any $5 NFL bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings' stepped-up same-game parlays. To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. So, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code KIME, K E I M, to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Just place a $5 bet on any football game only at DraftKings Sportsbook using code KIME. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details.
1: Number two, exploit the fronts. So, Green Bay is not very good against the run at all. They're, they're, one, they're, they're 25th in yards per carry allowed in 27 in rushing yards allowed per game. You need to exploit that. And the feeling is, it, listen, last year and you heard Rob Domofsky tell me this on the podcast on Thursday, last year they weren't good against the run either. It's just that they were always they were playing from ahead a lot. Now they're not. Now the rush defense has become a problem. They're used to playing from ahead and that means that, you know, this is now a problem. So what a lot of times what what these guys will see is that Green Bay gets very vertical with their front what that leads to is some seals and some traps and the ability to create cutback lanes. If you watch their film, like if you press that hole, so Brian Robinson, and Antonio Gibson, you press that hole, those cutback lanes are going to be there. And then it's just a matter of how much yards you're going to create off that. And I've see, I saw some runs with the jets where I'm like, if you cre- if you actually have run with better vision on this play, it's a definitely bigger game. So I think that's a big key. So press the hole, exploit that front. Um, not that their defensive front is is bad. I just think that you need to exploit that um, that ability to get them upfield, run some seals and traps off that, and create those cutback lanes. But, again, Brian Robinson and Tony Gibson, I think Gibson, I think Robinson could have a, set, a solid game, but a guy like Gibson could have a couple big runs. In fact, if you remember last year in Green Bay, he almost had one really long run, but he got tripped by one of his own linemen, I think it was, and then the next play, Heineke gets a sack fumble. So – that ability will be there. So watch for those on the other side of the ball. And the reason I say exploit the front, the front, not just defense, but offense, because that offensive line has struggled. And they've struggled with stunts. And Washington has done a better job running stunts this season under defensive line coach Jeff Scanina. It's not a coincidence that they're doing better with him in there than Sam Mills. And that's a move that should have been made in the offseason. It wasn't but they're now actually benefiting because the line, I think, is playing pretty well, and they're running those stunts well. One thing Green Bay does, and I think it leaves them susceptible to some some issues with the stunts, is they do take they do have a lot of times wider splits with their line, so it allows some gaps to be created if you run those stunts well. They are getting you know we'll see what kind of line changes they make this week if it helps them. If not, look for that to be a big part of the game. Scanina, one of the things that he's done well is when that when. The D-line is off to the side. He'll work on a lot of those stunts with the tackles, um, tackle end stunts, a lot of tackle tackle stunts. And what that has done is that because they're a little bit better with it, because they are better with it, then then Del Rio is calling for those, for that action more. And it's led to some good plays. So you've got to take advantage of that and and win up front with that and, and put pressure on Aaron Rodgers because you want, you want to, you want to make that guy uncomfortable because he's still an all-time great. All right, so the last one is contain Aaron Rodgers. Now, I'm going to go start with that with by looking at the run game because Aaron Jones and A.J. – excuse me, yeah, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are both good running backs, and Jones is averaging 5.84 yards per carry. Washington did a good job against them last year, but the pass game really hurt them. And without the weapons around him, around Rodgers, you better take care of those guys first because if you're not, Those guys are capable of just controlling the ground and hurting you you with with Jones in the the pass game or the run game. So you can't let that happen. You need to put the pressure for Rodgers to find some of those receivers. It's not a good receiving group. They are banged up. So that's going to be a problem for him. Rodgers is averaging a career low in yards per pass attempt. He's not successful throwing down the field. It's under 30% success if there's completion percentage on air throw air throws of air yards of 20 yards or more last year i think it was in the 40s and that may be around 45 percent so that's become an issue for them but the way you got to contain rogers you got to keep him in the pocket it's it's very hard to do right because we've seen that if you're not disciplined on one rush he's going the guy like that's going to find it and get outside and create a big play but you've got to limit those big plays because that's been a huge as you know a huge problem for this defense is both that, playing with that level of discipline all the time and then surrendering to the big plays when you don't. And they don't have – like one thing this offense, you don't want to give that Green Bay offense is the ability to play from ahead because they'll then that's it, it plays into the plays into their hands both sides of the ball and the pass rush and with their ability to run the ball, and you don't want that. So one of the ways you contain Rodgers, get ahead of this team and then start to control the game that's an easier said than easier thing, easier said than done sort of situation because they haven't been getting ahead of teams, but this is a game where you absolutely need to do that. If you let Rogers get out there early and take the lead, then it's going to be a, it's going to be a tough day. So, um, but he's not, he's not, he's not making the big plays. Don't let them have those. Don't give them the momentum. And the problem is like this team consistently gives up big plays to guy teams and whatever that they shouldn't be doing. So there you go. Those are my keys to the game. Now for my prediction. Listen, when I look at this game, I actually think that Heineke can give them a boost. That's not to say he's a necessarily a better quarterback than, than Carson Wentz, but the way this lo- the way this offense is working, I think the two things that he can help them with is the mobility and the familiarity. With Carson, you got the big arm and all that, but he's not, he's not as comfortable yet in this offense. And he's not, you know, the whole thing is use the entire field. Well, they haven't been doing that lately. So if you're not doing that, get you get the guy in there who's got some mobility and the familiarity. So you get the ball out quicker. One of the knocks on Wentz has been holding the ball way too long. I know that's been a career thing for him, but it's been true this year as well. And part of that goes back to new offense um, as well, whereas, whereas Heineke doesn't have that. I think he has a better sense of who he is. Go to that four-game winning streak as proof of what they need to do. That's run the ball and play smart with Heineke. Um, it's there. So like, Green Bay is not playing well. However, this team hasn't – Washington has not played a game where you say that's just a well-played game. Last year before they went on that streak, I felt like they played a couple solid games. They just didn't win. They played better in Denver. They didn't win. They didn't convert in the red zone. Played better in Green Bay defensively especially, but they didn't win because they couldn't convert in the red zone. Well, right now they're just really inconsistent on both sides. And I think the defense is playing better. I think the defense is playing solid. But can the offense give them enough, even, you know, with the Heineke boost? Is that going to be enough if he gives them a boost with the energy or whatever? Um, is that going to be enough? I don't know because they're not playing with too many penalties, too much undisciplined play. And I think until we see them playing better consistently, I think it's hard to pick them in a game where the other quarterback is Aaron Rodgers. So that's when you look at the Packers, they definitely have issues that they can exploit. And I, I could see them pulling the upside. It would not shock me at all. But I'm going to go with the Packers 23-17 because before I start picking this team again, I want to see them play better. And they just haven't done that consistently enough. Can Heineke give them a boost with his legs? We'll find out Sunday. Anyway, that's it for me. I will be back Sunday after the Commanders-Packers game with the voice of the Commanders, Graham Weinstein. We'll wrap it all up for you, and I'll talk to you next time.